Hello, I'm George Aja, and I believe in you. I'd like to take a moment to discuss a topic that I think is very important for all of us, and that is the topic of taking responsibility. So many people in life are always looking for an excuse or something, circumstance, or person to blame in order to somehow justify their behavior or the lack of anything good in their life. You know, there are three particular points of interest that we need to consider in order to be people that are conscious and aware in relation to taking self-responsibility. Number one, admit to yourself that you're not perfect. You know, many people run around with this idea that they're flawless, as though the whole world has a problem except for them. So get real with yourself and admit that there are areas that you need to work on. What does that do for you? Well, it brings humility into your life and humility will take you a long way. The second principle or point of interest that I think that we need to discuss and look at is the point about being aware or conscious. In other words, make a decision to be somebody who's going to be conscious in moments when you're around people by yourself and begin to take a mental record of how you behaved, how people responded to you, and what it is that you can do on your part in order to remedy those awkward moments in time. And then thirdly, I would recommend that we would be a people that will be committed to personal growth. You know, if we're going to take self-responsibility, uh, self then we ought to do so in a manner that is not taking uh, a negative path. Some people will say, you know, I'm wrong and all of a sudden be overwhelmed with guilt and shame and not be productive, just be stuck there. But if you commit your life to personal growth, you'll always spend your life as a student. Yes, you'll teach one day eventually, but it is, it is important to keep the mindset of a student. Why? It keeps you teachable. So my friend, let's take self-responsibility. Let's be people that can admit that we have areas that we need to work on. Let's be conscious and awake. Uh, in relation to scenarios, whether we're alone or with others, and take mental note of how people respond or react to us. And then finally, be committed to personal growth. Well, this is George Aja. I hope you've enjoyed this segment. And I want to just tell you, I believe in you. You have a great day. Hello, it's George Aja with the George Aja Podcast. Thank you for joining me today. I'd like to talk about a subject that I believe every human being on the planet goes through. The question is, why do we play the blame game? Or why do we deflect? We meet people in life that just enjoy playing this blame game. And instead of taking any sense of uh, personal responsibility, it's a lot easier for them just to pass it on to somebody else. So let's answer in some very basic uh, rudimentary 
uh, answers for, to be example of why do we play the blame game. First of all, I believe that blame or deflection is a defense mechanism. We always see people that are guilty of something, for instance, in the workplace, and everyone else saw them do it, but when asked about it, they just lie and they point to somebody else. So we must understand from a human perspective that it's almost like a survival uh, instinct, uh, that it is a defense mechanism. The question becomes, why do people do those sort of things? Well, I think number one at top of the list is that it could expose their own personal insecurities. Listen, no one really enjoys having their weaknesses or their growth points uh, or, or any other negative aspect that might come from their behavior. It's not an enjoyable process. So we need to understand that people are engaging in a defense mechanism because they're afraid that their weaknesses might be exposed or their insecurities. I also take a look and see that people are also afraid of rejection, number two. So not only is the blame uh, game a defense mechanism, not only, number two, does it expose our own insecurities or weaknesses, but it's at the heart of number three, people are afraid of rejection. People in life, it's so sad, I see it every day, they, they create a persona that they think other people will enjoy. They'll want to get into a certain social circle and find themselves dressing and talking, thinking and acting in a manner that is completely opposite of who they really are. And between you and I, most people have not even taken the time to discover or to create the real you or the real them. And so, you know, this thing about rejection is a, it's a very important thing. It's not something that can just be cast off. Yes, everybody needs to be loved. But not only do people need to have a sense of being loved, they need deeply, it's a deep-seated need, they have a need to be accepted. And so we see this in the workplace. We see this in social circles. We see this in dating. If we think about dating, we, we see men and women literally saying that they enjoy certain music, certain food, uh, certain art, and the so on, just to receive the acceptance from another human being of whom they have feelings. So in the end result, what are we doing? We're presenting a person that is not really us. So what are we doing? We're lying. We're lying for the sake of being accepted, only we don't realize that we're setting ourselves up in the long run for a whole world of hurt. Because in the relationships, you know, after the, uh, the uh, newness wears off, after the freshness wears off, after the honeymoon is over, guess what? The real you, the real insecurities and weaknesses, likes and dislikes will begin to surface and that's when the rough road really begins. And then fourthly, I see why people will play the blame game or uh, be a master at the art of deflection. It's because some people become spiteful in life. They've been hurt and so now they're gonna hurt other people. So blame literally becomes their weapon for 
to go against people, to get back at people, to have their own revenge in whatever way that it might be. So the question would arise that if you find yourself in any of these descriptions, then how is it that we're going to escape the blame game? Well, I think first and foremost, it's imperative that we would take inventory of ourselves, particularly in two main areas. Number one, that you will take inventory on the speech that comes out of your mouth. Number two, that you'll take inventory on the thoughts that you're thinking. And when you're taking these inventories, it is imperative that you make a commitment, number two, to becoming aware, to be conscious. It's not enough that, you know, you just, you know, take a look at yourself and pat yourself on the back. No, 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 no. Become aware. And this is a simple test on how you can become aware. You know, when you talk to other people, watch their expressions. Take note of their reactions or their responses. Do people gravitate toward you or do they run away from you? And then number three, I think a way to escape the blame game is to deal with our own egos. Some people walk around on this planet as though they have no imperfections. And you see that if you begin to talk about their weaknesses or their need for improvement in an area, you see the defense mechanism go right into play and a lot of these people use it as a weapon and that's when they begin to lash out and hurt people. So take inventory, become aware, deal, number three, with your ego. You need to take a hard look in the mirror and be honest with yourself because listen, in the end, the only fool you're fooling is yourself. And the people that you're really hurting are the people that are around you and who care about you. So deal with your ego. Number four, I think it's imperative we need to give up our need to be right. So many people in life cannot be wrong on anything. Once again, they're afraid of being exposed. They have a need for control. So give up that need to be right. And I tell you, you'll end up taking a big load off your shoulders. Trust me, I did, and it worked for me. Number five, how are we gonna escape the blame game? Well, take on personal responsibility. Own up to your own shit is what I'm saying, and everybody's shit stinks. So own up, man up, woman up, pull up your boots by your own bootstraps, and face the music, my friend. Take on personal responsibility. That's where you're going to be accountable for the words that you say and the actions that you impose on other people. And finally, number six, make a commitment today, right now as you hear this message, to create a better you. Commit to personal growth. Commit to listening to literature, reading books, podcasts, conference, seminars that are going to make you a better person. Thereby, you'll make the quality of your own life and the world in which you live in a much better place. 
instead of running around trying to hide your insecurities, instead of running around and trying to hurt people and blame other people and to deflect. And understand this, the word deflect comes from an old Latin word that literally means to bend away. And that's what we do. Something comes at us and we deflect it. We bend it another way, any other way, up, down, sideways, left or right, up and down, but anything but the bullseye, which is us. So make a commitment to creating a better you. And in time, my friend, you will find that you are no longer playing the blame game. Well, I'm George Asia, and I know that you're going to escape the blame game. I'll catch you next time for this podcast. Until then, remember, I believe in you. Have a great day. Hello, it's George Aja, and remember, I believe in you. Thanks for tuning in to today's podcast. Today, we're going to do part two of principles for reaching your or our potential. Last time in the first segment, segment, we talked about being yourself and not complaining the comparison game with other people. We also talked about having a growth mentality. Being committed to personal growth is something that is key if we are to reach our full potential. And then we also talked about embracing the pressure or the weight of your position whatever that might be, or even in a moment of time. You must embrace the pressure of that moment and how that is a strength to us. Uh, We are strengthened by each circumstance that we have as we're engaged in our gifting. Then that is matured, it is cultivated until when it can be used for others and ourselves. So let's pick up today and talk about that we have to understand, number four, that there's always an expert around. You ever notice that when you begin to talk about your dream or your plan, there's always somebody who is doing nothing, somehow going to tell you how to get the job done. Let me tell you something. The only expert that you need in your life are those who have been tested and who have been found to be true or evidencing the life or the quality of life that you desire. So don't always expect the experts to be right and be confident in your own instinct, trusting your gut, imperative. Now, I think number five is an important one because it it, it speaks to our expectation. What is it that we are expecting to happen? Some people begin a a, a process or a venture or an invention or losing weight, whatever you would like to do. They just, this is their worldview and that is they expect that it's going to be hard. Now, I'm not trying to say that anything worth achieving is not hard because it, it definitely is. But what I am saying is that we must go in with a positive attitude. In other words, if we're going to reach the fullness of our potential, then we must train ourselves to expect great things to happen. What are you expecting to happen? Are you expecting to fail or are you expecting to be successful? 
Are you expecting that you're going to run out of cash and you're expecting to fail and you're expecting to be betrayed and on and on? Then many times we don't realize that we are thinking and speaking things into our lives that will manifest down the road. So be careful what you're speaking. A negative person will never reach his or her full potential. And so our, our main limitation lies between our ears. It's, it's our expectation. What are you genuinely expecting in your life? It begins to speak to our attitude. And I'm telling you that, that our attitude is strengthened when what we saw in our own heart and mind begins to be fulfilled. That's why making count of, of, you know, small goals, achieving small goals gives you the confidence and wisdom and intake, input, data, if you would, so that you can go on to the next venture that's bigger than the last. So expect great things to happen, my friend. Number six, I think we'd have to say that we'd have to devote ourselves to do something that we do well. You know, what is that natural gifting, that that natural inclination where, you know, you just really don't even have to try. You're better than most in certain areas without even trying. It just comes natural to you. You know, I, I think that it is an important thing that we take the time in our lives to see what really fires our engine. What what gets our heart pumping? What gets us excited? What, what's that one thing that puts a smile on our face? And imagine, you know, I, I heard somebody say this years ago and they said, do something in life that you love so much that you'd be willing to do it for free. And then get so good at it that somebody be willing to pay you for it. And I tell you, I've, I've cherished that statement ever since I've heard it because it really just, just it's a big component of success and, and living the type of significant life that, that we should desire to live. Devote yourself to something, man, that you do well and then cultivate that natural gifting. For me, I love talking. I love encouraging people to win in life. I, there's something about it that just, I get excited, I get tingly. Uh, when I'm seeing light bulbs go over and up and on over the heads of people where they're having those aha moments, man, that just does me good because somehow, some way, I've been used to help somebody take another step in the journey of their success reaching their full potential. And I'm going to end today with number seven. We'll have a part three on this. And number seven, we're, we're just, I'm just going to tell it to you plain and simple. And that is no such thing. Hear me now. No such thing as shortcuts. You know, people have tried to take shortcuts in relation to like their bodies where men say, well, you know, I don't have big calves, so I'm going to get implants and I'm going to have these, these big calves. But, but see that he didn't work for those calves. You see, yeah, he, he took a shortcut 
but it's it's not authentic. I'm not judging anybody that wants to do that, any type of augmentation. That's none of my business. I'm just talking about the reality of real versus fake. And if it's going to be real, it's going to cost you something. So I think that it's imperative that we understand, listen, there's no quick way to the top. You know, everybody that you know that is a success, a success, personally, man-made, you know, they did it themselves. Those people have stories of hardship. I've I've never met one that didn't have a story of hardship and going through the press and the process of learning and growing and losing and, and getting back up again and moving forward and tweaking and adjusting the plan and, and being patient as we're going along. I think that we need to be those type of people that will be involved in that type of process. So understand that when you, the shortcuts will cut you short of experience and and, and gratitude and discipline and, and maturity and exposure to the bigger picture in life. So don't cut yourself short, my friend. Pay the price. Learn, grow, and embrace the process. Well, this is George Aja. Thank you for tuning in to Reaching Your Potential, Principles for Reaching Your Potential, Part 2. You guys have a great day. And remember, I believe in you. Have a great day, people.